Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join him for today's message. One of my favorite events in all of sports is the 100 meter dash. A lot of people think it's just the fastest dude, right? Or the fastest young lady. You get in the blocks, you take off running, and whoever can just run the fastest will win. I found out quickly that there is training and technique, and it's a lot more things that are technically important than just natural speed. And so in my time, in my day, like the old folk used to say, now I'm becoming the old folk, right? Back in my day, I used to study who was the fastest man in the world was Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis was the man. Carl Lewis won the 100-meter dash, the 200-meter dash, the long jump, and the four-by-one. This dude was arguably one of the greatest athletes and even kept going even from 84 to 1996. He got gold medals in the Olympic Games even in 96. 12 years later, won the long jump again. Like, dude was a beast. But he had some of the greatest form. I mean, he had 90-degree angles. Some of that may not make sense, but his form was impeccable. And there was something that was similar about his race than one of our newest champions, uh, arguably the greatest sprinter of all time, Usain Bolt, Olympic champion in the 100, the 200, four by one, you know, world record holder. Dude is truly, truly amazing. And they both have something similar about their race in the 100. Carl and Bolt got accused of having the same weakness in their race, and they were called bad starters or slow starters. And the reason was because when the person shot the gun for the race to start, Carl or Usain were not all out in front of everybody. It's like they were in the mix, maybe not up front, maybe not all the way in the back, but they were running and all of a sudden in the middle of the race, they would be in the mix and all of a sudden they would just start to leave everybody. Carl used to do the same thing. Usain used to do the same thing. And people used to talk about how they get faster as they go. They get faster. They, they get so fast as they run and they finish faster than everybody else. Well, as I started to study track and field, I found out something. One, if you are in the Olympic 100 meter final, You do not have a slow start. Let me tell you that right now. See, naturally, everybody else, at about 60 meters, you start to slow down. After 60 meters, they could hold that top end speed longer. So what looked like to me and you on TV, where they were getting faster, what it was was they kept their speed consistent. And they kept going. And they looked faster than everybody else, but they might not just be uh, miles per hour, but they were able to get to top end speed and hold it. I say that because... The message we're going to go through today and the character we're going to look at today, we're going to look at a slow start, but we're going to look at a consistent going and a strong finish. A slow start, strong finish, and we're going to look at a character that we all know as Mark. And the first time we hear about Mark is in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. And I want us to look at it in Mark chapter 12, verse 12, and he's mentioned 
casually because this will become a person that's spoken about often in New Testament literature. In Acts chapter 12 and verse 12, it says this, as soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. Now, John Mark just mentioned casually, and what this is about was Peter was miraculously by an angel rescued from prison. And he goes over to Mary's house and they're in Jerusalem and there's this prayer meeting. They are praying and worshiping God in Mary's house. And Mary, not Jesus' mother Mary, not Mary Magdalene, just another Mary. And her son is John Mark. Yes, Mark's name is John Mark. His first name is John, his middle name Mark. Uh, I'm saying that because they don't always say like first name, middle name like we use today. But he was known as John Mark. Sometimes some, they may call him John. Sometimes they may call him Mark. But it's the same person. We're really introduced to Mark post-crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. There's persecution that's broke out against the disciples. Christians are being thrown in jail, persecuted for the gospel. And they're having a prayer meeting in Mark's mama's house named Mary. And we find out something about Mark. He come from a believing family. He's a Jewish young man whose mother, we know right off top, is a believer. She is a Christian. She is a follower of Christ. She believes that Jesus is the promised Christ of the Old Testament. And they have believed him to be Lord and Savior. That's Mark's situation. But then we see him just a few verses later where he connects with Paul and his cousin Barnabas in Acts chapter 12, 25. And Paul and Barnabas had been in Antioch at the church. They were elders. They went over in Judea because there was famine. There was a relief mission. And they connected with Mark there, went to Jerusalem, and then evidently, Mark went back with Paul and Barnabas to Antioch. Now, I'm setting this up because I want you to see Mark comes from this believing household. His, his mother Mary is called her house. So either she was a, a widow or, or something like that because it's referred to as her house. So there was something well to do. She could, she could take care of a household and it had enough space for a congregation. I'm using that, that church word, but it had space where, you know, believers could gather and they could worship and they can pray together. So he coming from this background in Jerusalem and then he goes off with Paul and Barnabas to the church at Antioch. And then something happens. Mark's with them, but Mark quits. Something happened during this time because in Acts chapter 13, it says that the Holy Spirit came. They were praying. They were fasting. The church there in Antioch and the Holy Spirit set apart Paul and Barnabas. And this was the start to kick off what's known as Paul's first missionary journey. Paul's first missionary journey. And it's approximately A.D. 46 to 47 when they were set apart. They were sent to go out to take the gospel beyond. And Acts 13 verse 5. It says, Mark was their assistant. He served as their assistant. Paul and Barnabas is set apart by the Holy Spirit. Mark goes out as their assistant. And as it goes on, what's interesting about this is, 
they go out. They have to sail. They're going from city to city. Paul and Barnabas preaching the gospel mightily. We even see a miracle work through Paul where there was a sorcerer and false prophet came against Paul and Barnabas. And through Paul, dude was blinded. Everybody was like, oh my God, this, this, the God that Paul is preaching is the true God. I mean, it was, it was something marvelous. It was something wonderful. All of them experiencing God's hand. And then when they set sail again, Mark quits, y'all. Mark quits. And 13, 13, it says, Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and went back to Jerusalem. He's experiencing the mighty hand of God. The gospel is going forth and he straight up quits, goes back home. Doesn't even go back to Antioch. He goes back to the crib. He goes back to Jerusalem, tapped out. Do you read this like, oh my God, this, this, this kind of sad. Like, dude, just quit. Even though Mark quit, he tried to redeem himself. He wanted to go back out. But when he wanted to go back out, guess what? Mark got rejected. Mark straight up rejected. Now, we would think Paul being full of the Holy Spirit, Barnabas being full of the Holy Spirit, there's going to be total agreement, right? Because the Holy Spirit is going to work the same, right? Check this out. In Acts chapter 15. Starting at verse 36 through 41, I want us to read this together. It says, after some time had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers and sisters in every town where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, who was called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take along this man who had deserted them in Pomphylia and had not gone on with them to the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed after being commended by the brothers and sisters to the grace of the Lord. He traveled through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now, I want you to sugarcoat this. Paul and Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit, Christians, committed to Christ, committed to the work of the Holy Spirit, had a disagreement where they went separate ways. He was sitting there like, hold on, how, how is that possible? How is that possible? We're going to see God, God works in some ways sometimes we never imagined. When we talk about Mark got rejected, Paul, and the disagreement was this, Paul was like, and let's use today's vernacular. I can't trust this dude. He deserted us. He quit. Why would we take him again? He is a quitter. Nope, he ain't rolling with me. And Barnabas was like, no, he's coming. He my cousin. Now, I don't know if that was the argument, you know, uh, but he was his cousin. But he was like, it's, one of the things I love about Barnabas, we're going to look at him, is he was a man that wanted to, to restore people. He went and got Paul when nobody wanted to deal with him. And now Paul don't want to deal with Mark. And yeah, Barnabas won't let him go. And the disagreement is so strong that Paul goes on one way, Barnabas goes another way. And Barnabas takes Mark, Paul says, Silas, you my road dog now, you come with me. They roll out and they go and do ministry. And in Acts, we don't hear about Mark anymore. The rest of the book is really 
chronicling the work of the Holy Spirit and the move of the gospel primarily through Paul. And we see Paul and Silas continue to do a mighty work. Now, I don't want you to pick up on this because God continued to use Paul and Silas in a mighty way. Even though Paul rejected Mark. Now, it might seem like when you're reading this initially that Paul was the one in the right, not Barnabas. Because Paul rejected Mark because Mark was a quitter. He wasn't going to take a quitter back out. He ain't got the stomach for it. He's not really committed to the Lord. I need somebody committed to the Lord. And they go on and we see the Holy Spirit do marvelous things. And we can sit there and read that and be like, Paul was totally in the right. And I say, yes. And so was Barnabas. Because some things start to happen through the course of church history. That Barnabas' investment in Mark helped turn the world upside down through the ministry of this young man we're introduced to in Acts 12 named John Mark. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series Forever Family with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. What I want us to pick up on is this. If you've had a slow start, if you've reneged and turned from what God has called you to be doing, if you still got breath in your lungs, if you have life in your limbs, there is another opportunity for you to get back on track and fulfilling the mission and purpose God has for you. So if you feel like God is done with you because you messed up, don't be fooled with that. No. And you're going to see why I tell you this. You're about to find out right now why I say this. Because we see something that happens in Mark's life. And it's because of Mark's constant faithfulness. Constant faithfulness. One of the things that anytime, anytime anyone has breached trust, if you've gotten a bad reputation... The only way you can overcome that is that you continually to show yourself trustworthy. And it's going to be over time. You continually to show yourself faithful. You continue to show yourself a hard worker. You continue to show yourself as getting the job done. You continue to show that people can place their confidence and trust in you. If you've messed up before, if you've backtracked, if you've quit on the Lord, The Lord's not done with you. Get back on track. Get back on track and continue to show yourself faithful. Continue to show yourself trustworthy. Continue to be committed to the work of the Lord or whatever he's called you to do. It may not be preaching. It may not be on church staff. But I'm going to tell you this. God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. And he wants to use you in some marvelous ways that you've never imagined. You commit your walk to the Lord and you put one foot in front of the other and you keep on being faithful. And I'm going to tell you tell you. God will use you in some ways and God will restore 
even relationships you thought might have been lost. And even after being rejected, something happened throughout the course of history that changed Paul's mind about Mark. Even from Paul's own own hand, Paul's own writing. See, when Paul was imprisoned in Rome, his first imprisonment, approximately the, the early 60s, he writes to Philemon and he writes to the church in Colossae. The church in Colossae was meeting in Philemon's house. So he writes to the Colossian church and he writes a personal letter to Philemon whose house the church meets in. This is what he had to say to Philemon. He says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. We're talking about approximately 20 years later, Mark being rejected. Now he's a co-worker. He's a co-worker. Now, this, this, actually, this particular letter, this particular letter is closer to uh, from the rejection, closer to about a little over 10 years. So a little over 10 years. But I, don't, I want you to pick up on this. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Colossians chapter 4. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings, as does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. Just so you don't get it twisted, it's the same Mark. Mark, Barnabas' cousin, concerning whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And so does Jesus, who was called Justice. These alone of the circumcised are my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Mark, after being rejected, after quitting, is now a co-worker. And matter of fact, he's so close to Paul. Paul says, hey, I've already given you all instructions about Mark. We don't even know what those instructions are. And, and some correspondence, whether it was in person or a previous writing, we don't know. But he's already told them about Mark. And he says, when, if he comes, y'all welcome him. This is the dude that Paul kicked to the curb and now is telling other people, welcome him. He's my co-worker. But check this out. Paul ended up getting freed. A few years later, he was back arrested. And before his death, his last writing to 2 Timothy, this is what he had to say. Mark, Mark now is highly esteemed and trusted at Paul's death. This is what he has to say. He says, only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you, for he is useful to me in the ministry. He wasn't just a friend. This, he's, he had high value in fulfilling the ministry that the Lord Jesus had given to Paul. I love this, y'all. I love this because we see a grand reconciliation in ministry work. Yeah, you got a slow start. May I say, bad start. He quit. But he didn't stay a quitter. He committed himself to the call on his life that God had for him. And he showed himself faithful. Over and over 
and over again. May we learn this same lesson. Show yourself faithful over. Don't let a bad mistake in the past define you. Show yourself faithful over and over and over. That even champions in the ministry will consider champions. They look and say, hey, this, this, this is the dude. This is the guy. This is the young lady. This is who I want y'all to welcome. This one right here. They, they are so beneficial. They are so magnificent. They mean so much to the ministry. And because Mark had this lasting or consistent faithfulness, Mark has a lasting Christian witness when it comes to the life Christ has called us to live. A lot of times we say yes to Jesus and we want this microwave type of relationship with Christ and this microwaved impact for the sake of the gospel, this microwave impact when it comes to ministry. And when it don't happen fast, we think God don't care. Some people quit. They don't last very long. I remember going to seminary and he told us that in the next five to ten years, less than half of this class is going to be still in ministry. I was like, no way we paying for these classes and y'all going to quit. Professor knew exactly what he was talking about. It was so true. We want this microwave thing. And yet we see over time, Mark showed himself faithful to get the commendation and support and the, the well words spoken of from Paul and Peter. And guess how else God used Mark? He's spoken of highly in these writings, but also he's responsible as the writer of the gospel of Mark. One who quit at the beginning of serving in ministry, one who was rejected by a champion in the faith early in ministry, showed himself faithful, and now has a lasting witness that even today we read his writings. And many consider Paul to possibly be the very first complete gospel of the four gospels we have. There is evidence that it's even possible that Matthew... And also Luke may have even used Mark's gospel as a reference as they wrote their gospels. Mark has this lasting witness. And we see even the church historians just a, a couple of centuries later. You got Papias being recorded in Eusebius' church history and talking about how Mark rolled with Peter and much of Mark's gospel is the reflection of Peter's preaching and teaching. Now we know that because Peter calls him his son and with him in Rome. Mark didn't quit. Yeah, he might have quit early. But he didn't stay a quitter. He came on back and even when he was rejected and saw to be unfit to serve the Lord, he continued. One of them, Barnabas, his cousin, believed that God could do something through him, and he goes on to make an impact on the world that rings into eternity. He has a written gospel. So we look at Mark's life, and Mark's life can be a huge reflection on us. Because some of us may think that, well, God don't want to use me anymore. Let me go on, let me just go over here and, and, and make a life for myself. Let me tell you something. If you got breath in your lungs... And life in your limbs. God can use you. He can still use you. And don't get caught up with that, that microwave type of thinking. The thing is, I'm going to make the impact now. No, we learn from Mark. There's a constant faithfulness that's seen. And that constant faithfulness, you never know how it's going to turn out. You never know how it's going to go. You know, you, you don't know. You may be doing something you may think is 
meaningless. And yet it's preparing you to fulfill whatever call that God has for you down the road. Just be constant. Constant faithfulness. Constant faithfulness. One foot in front of the other. You know, we, we actually seen this in a, in, a, in a movie that's been remade and now, and not rebooted, but continuation. You remember the Karate Kid? When he wanted to learn karate? And his sensei, Mr. Miyagi, instead of teaching him karate, he had him sanding floors and, and, and waxing cars. And he had him painting fences. And he's like, man, you out here wasting my time. I spent all these days, all these hours. My shoulder hurt. I'm sore. I'm all this. And he didn't know. And all of a sudden, Mr. Miyagi started throwing punches and kicks. And he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. And he was just blocking all of them. Through that constant work, he had built up muscle strength and technique to defend himself at a high level. What seemed to be meaningless was actually meaningful, and it came with consistency. And we know that about martial arts. We see this in Mark's life when it comes to serving the Lord. That consistency. Don't seek to be great. Seek to be faithful. And yes, if you had a bad start, don't sweat it. If you have a slow start, don't sweat it. Be faithful. And God will use you in ways you never imagined. And you can have a lasting impact. A lasting witness like Mark. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to write a gospel. That's not what you're going to do. But what you will do is continue the mission and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Amen. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.